with sound. <clears throat> All right. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Watch With Sound. My name is Josh Landicho, and with me is... Carmela Ocampo. And on today's episode, we're going to be doing the new movie, The Babysitter, Killer Queen, which is the sequel to the Netflix original, The Babysitter. Um, this movie is directed by McGee, starring Judah Lewis, Emily Allen Lind, Jenna Ortega, Robbie Amell, Andrew Bachelor, aka King Botch, Bella Thorne, and Hannah Maylie. So this is a fairly new movie, um, and we'll we'll get into a spoiler-free part of the episode, and then a spoiler-filled part. Granted, the spoiler-free is not going to be that long, just because it's not anything we need to unpack at a high degree. But for your spoiler-free opinion, Carmela, what did you think of the babysitter, Killer Queen? I thought it was not great. <laughs> um... I don't think it really stacks up to the original. Um, I I can't even tell you if this is worth watching. It is definitely a background movie for sure. Um, some parts are fun, um, but if you are a fan of the original, this will definitely disappoint you in some ways. Um, so yeah, I... I'm going to save all of my thoughts for the spoiler-filled section. Um, what did you think of this movie, Josh? I thought this movie wasn't good, but wasn't terrible. Altogether, just really mediocre. Um, and I get that there's going to be some praise for this film just because it's, it's sort of like this easy, corny, typical kind of scary comedy movie in that sense. Um, but if you if like people came from the originals to this one, they're gonna be disappointed, I imagine. Um, which is something I kind of noticed at, from the start because I knew that it was written by someone else, that it was gonna have this different vibe to it, and almost might try and copy the first one and, and fail in certain aspects. And it's failed in a lot of aspects, to be honest. Um, but when we look into like our favorite, one of our favorite series, the Scream series, when it goes into the third movie, which is the only movie that changes the writer it kind of falls off in its um it's like themes and how it was memorable to be like a scream movie and i know you like that one but you like <laughs> it for a different reason than why yeah. than what scream really is but if we're like comparing the original to this one the original tops it tops the babysitter 2 way 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 like to the top like it's <laughs> it's so such a different thing and we'll get into more of our opinions actually right now so if you're about to listen to this part just know that it's spoiler filled um if you want to listen to it and sort of get the vibe of the film and then watch it go ahead if you want to watch the movie and come back and sort of see how our thoughts match up with each other um do whatever you want it's not my life it's yours <laughs> but right now it's gonna be a spoiler filled part so carmela do you want to give a little plot summary on the movie yes so Two years after the events of the first film, evidence of what happened that night are nowhere to be found, leaving Cole to seem crazy and ostracized by his peers. So, in order to get away from being sent to a psychiatric high school by his parents, Cole runs away with Melanie from the first movie to his childhood best friend, and they go to the lake for the weekend, only to find that his past has come back to haunt him. Whoa! <laughs> um, it's funny because 
before we recorded this episode, we had to like stop ourselves because every time we started talking about it, we're like, whoa, 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 wait, we're going to talk about it right now. Just like keep that thought in mind. <laughs> keep that anger up, filled up and, and make sure we, we get this on recording and <laughs> sort of show how we feel about the film. Um, but Carmella, no holds barred, spoiler filled. <laughs> what did you think of the babysitter, Killer Queen? I thought it was not a good movie. Um, my initial reaction was that it was okay, maybe similar to your mediocre reaction. But then the more I thought about it, the more upset I got. And now it's been two days since I've seen it, so it's had some time to sit in with my mind. But I also found myself thinking about it at night. <laughs> I was like, last night, I was like literally thinking about it, and I was like, this does not make sense. This could have been way better. Like, they could have done this, this, and this. Um, but yeah, just to get into some of the things that I wasn't happy with. Um, first of all, I guess I'll get into Cole's character. He was definitely not as relatable as he was in the first movie. In the first movie, he was, you know, this like awkward kid. He's going through like a pre or a pubescent age. And like, you know, we've all been there in that like transformative years of our life. So you're like, okay, cool. Yeah, he's just a kid. Um, but now it's two years later. And apparently he was a freshman in I don't know. Anyways, the actor aged a lot and he looks super old now and it it is not realistic that it oh, it is only 2 years later, but that's besides the point. Cole in this film is he doesn't feel super relatable. They made him it felt like they didn't know what kind of weird to make him. So they made him basically every kind of weird. Um he wears like this corduroy three-piece suit for some reason and then (laughs) (laughs) like he his personality was kind of all over the place or his personality was literally just tied to like what had happened to him and how he oh yeah he's just a crazy guy now and it's like you know he's not crazy (laughs) like that was not his personality um and they definitely downplayed like you know, the parts that we did like about him in the first movie, which was that he's really into sci-fi and he knows a lot about, like, books and, like, all those, like, references. And here it just, like, popped up, like, every now and then, but that was definitely not a core part of whatever they were trying to make him. And I will get into the character development later when we talk about the other characters, but, yeah. what? How did you feel about Cole? <laughs> No, you're 100% right. I think uh, they were sort of confused on sort of how weird to make him in a a sense. Like they tried to make him like a Swiss army knife of like weird people to sort of cater to everyone, I guess. Like he was awkward. He was socially awkward. He was sometimes nerdy, geeked out on sci-fi things. Um, didn't talk much. Um, (laughs) Yeah, wore that corduroy suit for whatever reason. Um, (laughs) And yeah, it, it seemed really weird. He seemed really awkward, not in the way they're trying to make it, but awkward in the sense of like, he didn't seem like a real person in a sense. Yeah. It, it felt very man-made as regards to like his weirdness, his awkwardness and stuff like that. It didn't feel natural. And it felt like we had, like we were ch- like trying to relate to him in a sense, like, okay, I guess we could sort of like, I could see myself in it. But like looking at the first film and seeing how he's this like know-it-all of sci-fi pop culture and 
these random little tidbits that he knows about like that's something that is really able to everyone like especially me i saw that like when he would reference different movies i'm like oh that's something i would do because i love movies and i'd reference it and quote it whatever um and it just it was a lot more easier to relate to that cold than this one it felt like he was sort of like i don't know he seemed like he was trying too hard to be relatable in a sense and to be weird it was like oh like please believe me i'm super weird you know i'm i'm like i'm twitching here because i'm on meds or something and like yeah and um what's it called i really missed um his uh, his aspect in the first movie where he was very like resourceful and he was like smart and in this movie they kind of gave that resourcefulness and personality over to phoebe's character they were like it was really odd i was like why why did they do that you know like she is her own character why did they give that part of cole to her but yeah i really missed like how clever you know cole was in the first movie where he was trying to like figure his way out of like like certain situations with each like cult member and the each scene with the cult member in this movie was basically a very like simple kill it was just like ah run away they're trying to kill me kind of thing there was like nothing really else involved the best part about those scenes was the kill itself (laughs) um you know i did like the gore and like the detail they put into that part that moment um but everything else it was like okay yeah now they're dead like oh fun's over <laughs> like okay yeah like i like the f- the whole part of them dying is is where it's always i guess fun that's kind of dark to say but like <laughs> yeah. the the ideas that they sort of portray on the on the screen and how they execute that with cole and the different characters dying it's very very much like fun to watch i guess which is also again a dark thing to say <laughs> but like as you said like the overall fighting and the scenes before that was really uh unwatchable at times it was hard to just like <laughs> wait for them to die essentially like it was fun he's seeing like sonia get killed and, and how she get, dies and stuff like that because like she almost seems like she's immortal because she's already dead and i was like oh shoot she's immortal <laughs> but then they finally chop her head off which of course makes sense um but when it comes to like bella thorne like her kill was funny but the scenes like leading up to that i was like damn like i uh, i don't it's i don't mm-mm, mm-mm, not for me <laughs> and then they you also have like the useless characters deaths which were also very useless they were not fun at all they kind of like just blew up and i was like okay they essentially had no part of this movie they didn't need to be here um you, which oh gone sorry. sorry you know what was really weird about them they like played them out to have these like well-rounded personalities in the beginning and then when they kill them and like finally get rid of them it was like kind of like for nothing and like i don't know i just thought it was so odd that they gave them like these very like colorful personalities like especially like the dynamic between the super i don't even know their names the buff guy and the, the nerdy one with the longer hair there it was like weird they gave them this well-rounded background and then boom they're gone and you're like all right but the thing is you didn't give a shit about them either yeah it was sort of this it's sort of this thing that they created their own like graves for is the characters they added like five more characters apart from the returning other five characters and like it's hard to develop any sort of relationship with like the the new ones also and also to reestablish the the old characters sort of like have a relationship with that so like it was hard for them to juggle that and also just sort of have a character development with the new ones 
which they just completely didn't do like they just kind of like <laughs> yeah they're here because blood and because they want wishes to be granted whatever um but i think we'll we'll talk about like those characters and how they could have done it without them and how the story could have been um but one thing that uh i noticed when he said about him sort of taking drugs and his trauma and stuff like that they sort of made that into a joke and and some parts of drug use and stuff like that they've made it into a negative light and especially with people in high school there's a lot of drugs that they used or that they pictured that actually helps a lot of people get through day by day and it's kind of fucked up that they kind of like use that as a comedic angle um the stylistic part of that of labeling each character was cool but at the same time it's still kind of making fun of that like aspect of people that need these drugs to get through their day yeah it was that that was a very very weird odd like choice and scene i don't really i'm not entirely sure what they were trying to accomplish with that scene like i think melanie was talk is talking to cole and he's like i'm crazy i'm on and then his medication falls and she's like oh don't worry everyone's on medication take a look and then like and then she's like that person over there she's on blah 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 that guy he's on blah 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 what about what about that girl oh i don't know what she's on she's just kind of scary and it's like it it was like so odd they were trying to make it i felt like they were trying to make it like cool with the stylistic choices and then but then they were trying to make it funny because of like the tone of the scene and then it was like also kind of serious because cole is actually like struggling with this problem as a character and it's like hmm maybe we shouldn't do that to this scene maybe we shouldn't comment on like you know the medication that people need to take because of their mental illnesses yeah it was just weird and obviously a terrible execution um and there's a scene that i know you want to talk about <laughs> Which is also just terrible in general, not even the execution of it. It's just altogether terrible. Yes. So there is a very brief scene where Cole's parents report him missing to the cops. And this cop is like very creepy and like sexual towards his mom. And like, it's like not subtle at all. And the worst part is that it's trying to be a very humorous moment. It is obviously trying to be uh, like some comedic relief over for no reason um and he like touches her chin and it she just like brushes it off she's like where's my son blah blah, blah. and like he's just it's just so weird and it's just such a bad take especially now especially anytime and it's like okay like haha he's a cop he's being creepy that's so funny is like is that the reaction that they wanted like what is that like what do they want from that yeah it was it's super weird and i totally forgot about it until like he wrote it down on our outline but yeah it's one it seems super useless because what the fuck why do we need that scene because it doesn't matter if the cops know or not two like it wasn't funny and two and three they have that that stupid like him exiting the scene by like yeah. bumping into the door and like things like that and it's so weird and, and like those scenes and also the scenes with like the dads and stuff i feel like <laughs> needed a laugh track in the background like <laughs> He bumps into the door, like ah ha 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 ha. Oh, honey, are you taking weed? Ah ha 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 ha. <laughs> like it was just sort of like these weird, these weird things that like these scenes didn't make sense. Like a lot of the dad scenes didn't really make sense or really mm -hmm. needed to be there. Um, 
the cop scene didn't need to be there and <laughs> and those sort of aspects of it um and i know we're kind of going into what we don't like and i know everyone's screaming at the podcast right now like oh what about the plot holes what about b what about this we're gonna get into that later <laughs> we want to get our own you know our thoughts out our little rants in and stuff like that to, to just establish what we didn't like and then also go back through why it sort of demonized and like made the, the first one kind of irrelevant in this case um but for me and a lot of reasons for why i didn't like this film it's funny because like in the first episode the babysitter episode we did i talked about how like this movie was a perfect balance amount of everything like it was perfect balance of comedy perfect balance of acting perfect balance of action and gore and and if they had too much of one thing it would totally throw off the 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 feel of the movie and, and the aspect of the movie um and with this one, they literally did what I said not to do, which is like pour on two one sides of some some things, and and they stepped into the traps that I said don't fall into because of this movie is that type of movie to have fun but also be serious and sort of have suspenseful moments, and that this is where like they fumbled the bag on every one of them, and they sort of <laughs> like oh my god, what do we do? I don't know, and they just like put too many things in the wrong places. So just to like start it off. <laughs> They had too much um, Bella Thorne, to be honest. <laughs> I think with the first one, the reason why I liked Bella Thorne in the first one is because I didn't see her that often, one. And two, those scenes were funny because it was a limiting act acting from Bella Thorne. When you go into the second one, it had too much Bella Thorne. Like, the, <laughs> the fighting scene, I was like, okay, uh, it's, the funny has worn off. Like, the, the sort of aura that bella thorne gives off when she acts can only last for so long and once you pass that threshold you're like i'm over it next scene like i don't want this anymore and that's exactly what happened when they used like that much bella thorne and with that they didn't use enough some more reaving like one of the main reasons why i loved the first one was samurai reaving's character b and how she was able to carry the film and carry her leadership role into tracking down cole and stuff like that it's just it was not enough for her and i think we're gonna get into her character again later on as well um but to moving on they had too many try hard jokes too many jokes that would altogether date them as a movie um which i kind of thought about oh that makes sense if they dated it because you'd be like oh remember that but also it's gonna hinder people from watching it because one it's it's hella corny and two (laughs) some people might not watch it because they might not know the references and stuff so it's gonna it's gonna go way over their heads like they had the Fortnite reference the joe exotic reference which is already kind of irrelevant now it's only been like two three months since that came out and it's already irrelevant um they mentioned travis scott and kylie jenner's relationship which is really weird and again they had that take weed joke that they had which was not funny whatsoever um and even with even with like the parts i liked of the first one the stylistic aspects of it the the sort of sprinkle of text and stuff like that they did so much of that in this one and in certain parts of it it wasn't the right way to stylize it so like for one they used the, the like the the text of like blah 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 bitch and like had that aspect of it which is really fun but they used like this weird typeface that was like really weird and off-putting that i didn't like whatsoever um they had that like weird 90s choppy fight scene that like didn't look good whatsoever like the first part of it when it said fight i was like oh that's cool and then they started going to the scene i was like oh that's not so good and then even thinking of like a movie like scott pilgrim that uses these aspects of style stylization to their advantage they they limited it like they had the fight and then they started fighting and had those aspects of it 
and that's it they didn't like overdo it and like try to mimic like 90s movies and how they fought or 80s movies and how they fought and it was just like it was just too much for me at times like the stylized stylization of it was like too much and and at certain times it was not needed whatsoever um and lastly we talked about king botch's character in the first one how he's the first black person to die and how it sort of steered too much in this the stereotype and how much they used his character for that comedic relief because he's a black character and i think with this one and the second one they also steered a lot more into the to the stereotypicalness of of king Bosch's character and and use these jokes that like categorize him as a black character and a black actor and only use that parts essentially for comedic purposes whether or not if if it's a joke of like his skin color and how he's struggling or if it's a joke about like just him in general it sort of deteriorated from his actual character um and it was just it was just really bad and i (laughs) didn't like it whatsoever um and one thing i really didn't like was uh sort of the flashbacks they had going back to the first movie it was almost like a childlike like feeding us like they're feeding us like oh here's what happened in the first film oh yeah king botch dies oh yeah the guy is shirtless the whole time and i was like what i watched the first film I'm, i already know what happens in this part i already know who they are you don't need to explain that to me and i get that like maybe people didn't even know there's a first one and watch this one first but still it, it seemed like something that was almost like they're calling me dumb in a sense of me forgetting that film um and lastly, and this will we could transition this into the like the character being stuff like that. But lastly, um, the Melanie and Phoebe characters uh, were not used to their full advantage. I, I feel like I think both of them being close to to Cole and to, to his relationship with them. I think there was no emotional payoff for either one of them. I don't think I was emotionally attached to either one of them for Cole or Cole being attached to them in general. Like with with Melanie. I feel like it should have been such a more heartbreaking moment to find out that she was the evil one because she's the like essentially the first girl he's kissed and essentially almost a girl that he could trust but not trust because it's like a, a row of like evil doers like his first B then her and the fact that like he was able to trust Melanie at this point and and follow her to the lake and and help him out and stuff like that. I feel like it should have been a lot more stabby in the heart. I feel like I should have had more emotional investment with that. Because Melanie is such an important character transitioning to the second film. And I don't think they used her properly. I think she kind of just like was there and then was bad. And essentially the sign off for her character is terrible too. She just dies. Um, and it goes along with Phoebe too. Someone that is hella sketchy. And for like the beginning of the movie, I thought her name was BB, Like <laughs> miniature B, But like... It wasn't, and the fact that he was able to like quickly fall in love with her wasn't something I was invested in or even believed for one second because he kind of like fell into her really quickly. They had sex really fast, and like (laughs) it felt like it was very rushed, especially when you have people like B and Melanie and these people that don't trust you in your life. Like, I feel like there needs to be more investment with her, and I think with Phoebe, you could have had a lot more storytelling aspects with that as well um lastly with me i sort of feel like she's almost this middle finger to the first film um and somewhat it sounds like a reach i know i know but let me explain (laughs) um just to start it off one you mentioned how she sort of took away cole's cleverness and his resourcefulness and it sort of took away that aspect of it and she was more of the smarter one and cole was there for the ride 
Um, not to mention, she's the one that sort of rewrites the whole film, like from beginning <laughs> to end. She's she was babysat by like B all of a sudden, and then was supposed to orchestrate all this second movie goodness, which is really really off putting and random. And it didn't pay like it didn't feel right. It didn't feel good. Um, and even like when she showed the tattoo of the black cat on her hand, I thought that was gonna have some sort of significance. And I know a lot of people from that were friends of the first one felt that like since she had a black cat, it meant she was a witch. Um, and I thought Phoebe was also a witch and also gonna betray Cole at the end, which would have been fun, but they didn't do that. Um, and sort of like those aspects of rewriting the history of this film was through Phoebe. And I feel like that's why she's like this middle finger to the first one. Not to mention they could have used her a lot better as regards to whether or not they emotionally invest him with Cole or if they, you know, betray him at the end, which would have been really cool to see because again, she's a sketchy character. No one knows where she came from. Um, and even with like her, her interesting aspect of like, I killed my parents. She really didn't kill her parents. And it wasn't like <laughs> that interesting of a story for me to be like, whoa, but it, I don't know it. I feel like those two characters were major characters they could have used emotionally and help us have that payout that we all wanted to see, regardless if it's with Phoebe or Melanie. It just didn't seem right. Um, and talking about characters, we could go into Samara Weaving's character, which uh, raises a lot of questions with the story and the ending. Whew. Are you... <laughs> Are you okay? I'm good. I'm good. Was I was long. like a lot to a lot that to say. Lot. I'm just glad I got it out. You know, yeah, it's I'm, been pented up. I'm you know, glad and, <laughs> and something with like the sequel that we were both excited for. The fact that like it fell flat on its face, it was kind of unfortunate. Um, but moving on, <laughs> <laughs> the plot holes, the endless plot holes um, with the story, with the ending, with B's character. Um, I guess we could start off with the fact that like she all of a sudden doesn't exist, like, and that's what makes Cole crazy. Uh, yeah, she like. First of all, she is like used so little, and like her reveal was like built up, but not built up because she sprinkled throughout the movie with the weird unnecessary flashbacks. And when she finally does appear, she is like, hey, surprise, guys, I was the one behind the whole movie. (laughs) So it's revealed she orchestrated, you know, Melanie's betrayal, which is just why did she even need to tempt? So she tempted Melanie to betray Cole to join the blood cult so she could get what she wanted so that B in the end could betray the cult in order to save Cole from the cult that she like what like <laughs> I really don't yeah. understand like weirdly the like the, yeah the weird like <laughs> whoa, so, so exactly what you said the weird like curviness of this like plot was weird for her um and one thing I, like, first noticed, I really didn't think it was Samara Weaving at first. I thought it was, like, some stand-in <laughs> actress or something. And I was like, oh, it's fake Samara Weaving. I can't believe this. And then I find out later she's accredited in the film, and I saw her Instagram, and she's actually in it. So I was surprised. I'm not sure if, like, they put a wig on her, if she lost weight or whatever, but she looked totally different. Um, but going off what you said, like, the fact they had, like, this, like, almost try to pull the rug on us and i guess they did because it didn't make sense (laughs) but they like tried to pull the rug on us like b was a bad person orchestrated this and is actually an angel at the end 
Um, and uh, yeah, I didn't like. I see you shaking your head, and I'm doing the same. I didn't like that whatsoever. <laughs> it's so <laughs> random. And I think like the fact that she became a good person was more fan service for this film because I know a lot of people, including myself, was really invested in B and hoped that like she would turn her turn a new leaf when in this movie because she cared for Cole a lot and Cole cared for her and it, it was really a heartbreaking moment for this part to happen and I like that she was bad because I, it's life you know <laughs> not everything could go in your favor not everyone is your hero and and the fact that she was this bad person in the end it was so emotional it had this payout like you couldn't believe like the ending of like B dying and like try to do the ET hands but Cole like musters up and is like no I can't do this because obviously she's bad I'm not going to do this um and not to mention too at the end of the first film she kills a cop and she's like (laughs) like it doesn't change all of a sudden the second one i feel like the fact that she turns into this angel is is terrible and i totally understand that like samara weaving had other engagements um she's she's unbecoming now i feel like and i think uh of course it was hard for her to get a full role in this and i totally understand that but i think they could have waited out or done something because she is an integral part of this movie and the fact the way that she they did this to her character is is really bad i don't like it at all (laughs) um yeah i really don't think they should have tied her backstory to phoebe's backstory like that connection itself like i think that broke everything honestly i i think samara weaving i think b should have just been you know this you know she could have been this bad demon turned good thing you know that that would have been fine but not in this way like she she mentions in the movie she's like cole you changed me that night and like it doesn't make sense in this movie because she is revealed to have been good all along it like she basically is revealed to have saved Phoebe's life in exchange for her soul to the devil. And it's like, okay, how did she change that night that Cole supposedly killed her? I don't understand. Like, she was good to begin with. Um, Also, I thought that, like, I thought she was the one that killed the parents. Like, I feel like she purposely drove into their car to kill Phoebe's parents. So it felt like it was (laughs) wrongdoing on her part. Yeah, like, nothing about her and Phoebe's, like, relationship backstory made sense. Like, that whole scene, yeah, she's driving down towards where her parents are driving away from the house. First of all, she's babysitting this. Is she driving Phoebe to the house? I don't understand. Anyways, yeah, it seemed like she killed the parents, like... It, it didn't really explain if she... Was she a demon then already? Was she collecting souls already? Was Phoebe going to be the innocent blood? But apparently not because she sold her soul that night. So it was just super weird. Like, overall, like, you know, Samara Weaving could have been, you know, this bad demon lady that's it phoebe could have been just random girl new girl from the high school with some trauma that's it no tie you know that's fine could have been just that and then that night cole could have changed b and then she would have been come back betray the cult she's like yo cole you changed me that night (laughs) i'm gonna change my mind right now and it would have made sense and it's like okay like i can get behind that reasoning you know Yo, Cole, you changed me. <laughs> I mean, also, too, if, like, if Samara Vings more in the film, it would have been more of her chasing him down, and then maybe Cole should have had, like, could have 
fomented these like flashbacks that they had together and all the love they had um but also with her being an angel at the end like it doesn't explain the fact that like she was taking blood from other children the fact that like she was still evil other ways like it still didn't make this good or explain that part at all not to mention like the fact that they sprinkled her in for each flashback of each character and explained why they desired whatever they desired messed up the timeline of everything because it seemed like everyone was like from different hella time periods like you had king botch from the 80s <laughs> they didn't they even show sonya's desire which is kind of fucked up yeah, they didn't show the weird, asians right? they left her out for whatever reason um and yeah also i did not care about what their desires were i think <laughs> yeah. it was something that we did not need to see or talk about it was just it was just unnecessary and time could have been allotted to anywhere else but you know <laughs> it's this movie so <laughs> yeah the speaking of time i think this movie was way too long honestly um i think yeah the b plot with the parents could have been completely cut out completely unnecessary did not add any value whatsoever it was not even funny um you know flashbacks with all of those people not needed like you said could have been in the first one if they really wanted it that's when we didn't know who they were we know who they are we saw them in the first movie um, also, that could have been time to give character development to the other characters. Yeah. We didn't need more character development for characters we already kind of get. We kind of already on board with the previous characters, not with the older ones <laughs> or the newer ones. So what's the point of trying to explain this to us? <laughs> uh, yes. And I just want to like note on the humor, too. Just the, the difference. You can really tell like the humor changed from movie to movie because the first movie's humor really like lent on like cole's reactions you know they were very humorous they were really like panicky and like realistic you know like what a like 12 year old kid would react he's like oh my god oh my god oh my god and like in this movie they kind of tried to make him like that but it just didn't make sense anymore because he's hella old first of all and it was like just not cute anymore and it wasn't funny in that way like and the humor that they did add was, like you said, super corny and super dated. And it is really obvious that it's written by adults who, th- like, think that kids are going to find this funny, but we're not. Like, I mean, we're not kids, but, you know, we're, there's a kid inside all of us. But, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> there's a kid inside all of us. <laughs> you get the point. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Just, like, apart from that, like, I don't know. The fact that, like, they just all of a sudden made B not exist in the parents' world and, like, made Cole crazy. I feel like they're crazy. The parents are crazy. You're the ones that don't remember what you hired. Like, what do you mean? Like, ugh, okay. Well, anyways, um, apart from that and apart from our rant, um, I wanted to ask you, because there are talks already of a third film, a sequel to mm. this sequel. Mm. Um... <laughs> It was from Mick G's words, so of course he's going to be directing it again. Mm-hmm. But with this third film, are you going to watch it? What do you expect? Or what do you want to happen? And stuff like that. I hope McGee hires back either the original writer <laughs> or a new writer. <laughs> because, um, yeah, this one really didn't do it. Um, I, I'm totally open to a third movie. Like, this is... A very like fun premise like i think you could do a lot with like 
this universe i would also wouldn't mind like a new set of characters i feel like cole's storyline is essentially wrapped up i don't really see how you could develop him any further at this point you know like um at that point you're just torturing him i mean there is the scream franchise where you're torturing neve campbell but you know that's that's the point you know that's Um, a good thing i like neve campbell we all love neve campbell yeah we all we yeah it's fine but anyways, yeah, I I wouldn't I would be open to a new set of characters if it is cool. Like I I just hope it's written well. I hope it's written well overall. Um, but yeah, I think they could do a lot. You could do so much with the satanic cult, honestly. Yeah, I think this is the first movie that's actually like cult related and actually has a series going. Um, as regards to like what I want to see and stuff like that, I definitely want to see another writer, hundred percent. Um, I think the the writer from the first one forgot his name I, we should look him up but um <laughs> uh, i feel like he was the one to balance out mick g's sort of style and his crazy like ideas i feel like he was the one to like <laughs> sort of centralize it and keep focus on what the the main message and theme was for the first one and i think the writer did a really good job on that um and yeah like you said it's a lot of potential especially being a blood cult and you already have all the the pieces picked out for us essentially like you kind of already know the story it's a blood cult that wants certain wishes they need certain bloods to sort of combine and and say this ritual and and we kind of already get that and the the amount of different things that could happen would be really fun to see i personally think if they need i personally think they need someone like some more weaving in the full full version of the sequel um if not someone that's also really good also rising star um but the first one is mainly successful because of some more weaving in her character i think she brought a lot to that first one and the fact that you sprinkled in the second one is sort of like giving us what we want but not fully giving it to us like you're kind of like okay here you go here's some more weaving have fun with that um it wasn't like a full-on like role for her to be taking on and and whether or not they continue the story they retcon it or they do another whole new cast of people um it just depends how they do it and i, I understand that like i feel like cole yeah you're at cole's sort of stories ended unless phoebe does become evil which would be kind of fun and <laughs> something i'd like to see um but yeah i think there's a lot of potential even with a new cast um and and, and things like that but as of right now it's uh, <laughs> i'm not exactly excited of course i'm gonna watch it but i mean it just depends how it's carried out and who they pick and who acts in it for sure you know you know what i hope in the third movie i hope there's actually a babysitter because <laughs> i just realized in the sequel there's no babysitter <laughs> except for the last like what, 30 minutes or the three seconds that samara weaving was in it but but yeah, I um I actually feel like they might have to do a new set of characters at that point cuz who's going to be the babysitter? Who's who's babysitting who? Unless it's Cole as a father, Phoebe and Cole get married, have kids, babysitter comes around, she's a demon and it's like, "Fuck, damn it, again." <laughs> oh, and then becomes like a family comedy with no, Cole and them the, tackle the demon down. Damn, Let's go. We wrote this for you. But <laughs> I know you're right welcome, there. Big G. You're God. welcome. Or or it could be like a fight in hell to get oh, B back because she's all of a sudden good. Oh, let's go. No, wait. But they course the devil into getting their blood. Oh, oh. oh we got it. Big G. Big G, we got it for you. Third movie is right here in front of you. <laughs> and with that, this has been our episode on the babysitter killer queen. 
um, altogether mediocre film. Does not match up to the first one whatsoever. Um, but thank you for listening to us vent essentially and talk about this th- this new film. Um, my name is Josh Landicho, and c- you could follow me on Instagram at the Space Wolf. And I'm Carmel, and you can follow me at CatMellow. And you could follow Watched Sound on Instagram at Watched Sound, along with listening to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, app on Anchor. And if you're listening to Apple or any app that you could leave a rating or review, please leave one. Um, it really helps us out a lot. Um, but with that, thank you for listening to this episode. Keep an eye on your babysitter and keep on watching. She's a killer queen.